Thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Hi, this is Chuck Quinley back with you to study the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Mark's Gospel, as we introduced it last time, uh, focuses on the, the ministry of Jesus and on the calling that he gives to all of us to be his true disciples. And the way that you'll measure your life is the same way that the Lord measured his. He says in chapter 10, The Son of Man did not come here to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, Mark's Gospel is going to teach us that if you want to know Jesus, you have to be a disciple of Jesus. And if you're going to be his disciple, you have to follow on the same path that he walked. And as you walk that path, it's going to cost you something. But, you know, uh, a BMW costs you something, but it's a valuable car and it's a good car. So if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you have to be a disciple of Jesus. And being his disciple will cost you, but it's worth what you pay for it. And so uh, Mark's going to underscore throughout this gospel the message that's in chapter 8, verse 34. Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the Gospels, will save it. And so, you know, Mark's Gospel is a really good corrective to the kind of uh, sloppy Christianity that we have around us so much and that uh, the marketing of the church has given to us as we've talked about the benefits to you if you'll accept Jesus, you know, as though we're selling some kind of uh, insurance uh, program or some other kind of human product we can say, oh, you know, do this. This is all the good stuff that happens to you. And truly, you know, serving the Lord has great reward. It has great reward in the kind of life it gives you. You know, Jesus said, you will find your life. You'll find your, uh, not your biological life. He uses the word zoe. You'll find the meaning of life, the real living that God came to give you um, through Christ. And so he says, you'll find that. But you find it when you lose something. You know, it's going to cost you something. And so now um, Mark is going to walk us through a series of scenes. And in each of these scenes, you're going to see somebody who's being faithful to God as a disciple, standing with God in his kingdom cause. But we have kingdoms in conflict because it's not the only kingdom. There's a kingdom of darkness, and the kingdom of darkness has invaded every aspect of society. It has invaded government. It has invaded the educational institutions of the world, all of them. It has invaded the church. It has invaded the religious world of all religions. Uh, but that darkness is pervasive, and it, it just seeps in to everything. And so... As God does his work of purification, he does that through the lives of the true disciples of Jesus, and their words have a purifying effect. But sometimes those who are uh, corrupted and in need of purification, they react very with great hostility. And as we will see, particularly religious people in their pride and their uh, bigotry, 
find themselves uh, approved by God to be mean to other people. And so they're, they're not going to hesitate uh, to resist us as well. So the book opens up. Uh, you know, as far as Mark's concerned, this is not a bad news book. This is a good news book. And he opens with that word. I'm going to now begin. This is the beginning of the gospel, the good news story about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark's really, really clear who Jesus is. He's not a prophet. He's not a teacher. He's not just a good example. He's not just a noble leader. He is the Son of God. Jesus is at the core of his faith. And if the church is going to be healed, it has to get... uh, it has to have Jesus at the core of its faith. You know, if your computer is hanging on you and it's not behaving right, uh, you probably have to reboot it. And you push the button, take the power off, start it over and fix it right. And when the church gets out of whack and all of a sudden our priorities are not the priorities of the Lord and we're talking about uh, our family center and our new building and we talk about financial prosperity and the keys to getting out of debt and uh, hope for your marriage. And I mean, these are all great themes, but they're not the gospel. And if you don't connect these teachings back to Jesus as Lord, then you have already gone off the track. You're not on the gospel track anymore. So, you know, we've got to fix that. And we need to fix that in our own lives. Jesus has to be the absolute center of our life and a walking with Jesus and knowing Jesus and and being spending time with Jesus that needs to captivate who we are as persons and so Mark is crystal clear on it this is a book about Jesus Christ Jesus the Messiah the son of God and this book is a gospel it's a good news about Jesus and he quotes an Old Testament prophecy uh, we're in Mark chapter 1 Uh, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. He will prepare your way before you. Speaking about the Messiah, to the Messiah. I'm sending you the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. In other words, straighten out the crooked path. You need a straight path. If you want the Lord to come to you, if you're ready to receive the Lord when the Messiah comes, you need a straight path in your life. So you fix it. You, uh, you clean up your mess, and John came baptizing in the wilderness, chapter 1, verse 4, preaching this baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. John is a very dramatic figure. He's the last Old Testament prophet. He had taken a Nazarite vow. He had never cut his hair, never shaved his beard. Uh, so you can imagine, by now he's about 30 years old. He's got as much hair as you'd have after 30 years, so it's you know it's down to his knees, and his beard is down to his waist, and John is a rugged figure. He wears rough clothes, prophet's clothes, and um, he made a huge impression on the population. He wasn't trying to brand himself, but man, he was doing a great job of it just under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, because when you looked at John, I mean, the whole picture was there. Because if John had been clean-shaven and had on really hip, cool clothes, he would not have had the impact that he had. He needed that whole authentic 
prophet's thing working on him. And so John is standing there fearless and bold. But he had a real clear message, and it's the only message that there is. There is a confrontation coming between you and God. It is coming because the Lord is bringing it to to the day. And you are going to confront God, and he is going to judge your life. Now, you can wait for that day to happen, and you will perish, absolutely. Or, you can take God's offer, because he's giving you a warning that this day is coming, and you can make your path straight before you face the judgment. But in order to do that, you have to confess and repent. Confession means you agree with God. You stop denying the truth about what's wrong with us, what's wrong with you, and you confess it. You admit that what God says, if God says I'm a liar, I'm a liar. I don't say, yeah, well, maybe sometimes I've been the truth. What God says, I confess. And then, it's not enough to confess it. And then, having confessed it and come clean about it, now I need to repent of what I've done. That means clean up your mess. And that was John's gospel, and that was Jesus' gospel, and that was the New Testament church's gospel. And if we don't have that in the gospel, then we're not preaching the gospel. Because people don't come to right relationship with God just by praying a sinner's prayer. Jesus never led anyone to pray any form of prayer, nor did anybody in the New Testament. Uh, I mean, all kinds of prayer are good. You know, it's good to pray to God, and we need some words to get us started. But he's not watching for your words. It starts with words. That's confession. But then it goes to repentance. And if if you and I don't seriously burn our bridges to sin, get rid of the stuff in our houses and our computers and in our lives that we should not have, and make things right, go face the people that we have hurt, apologize to them, pay back what we have stolen, we're not going to be right with God. We can't just say sorry and avoid repentance because repentance is the door to the gospel. You know, when I first got saved, um, I was all excited because, you know, the Lord took me away from a really uh, rough teenage life. And then uh, later on, I didn't think he was going to do this, but then he called me into the ministry. And I didn't know what all the ministry was, but I knew it was about preaching. And so I started uh, preparing my heart to preach and spending a lot of time in prayer and time in the Word. And then uh, I was, uh, there was, you know, there was a whole year I would get these invitations. And in my spirit, I was checked, and the Lord was saying, no, you're not going to preach yet. And man, at, you know, at 18, 19, to get a chance to speak when you want to preach so bad, because now that's your new calling, and you know, I'm all wrapped up in it, and I want to, you know, I want to try it out. I want to do that. And the Lord said, no, not yet, not yet. And so during that year, there'd be, there would be these times, and it was a recurrent experience, where the Lord would remind me of something I had done, especially something I had stolen, because I was kind of in a, a bit of a gang, and we would steal just for a dare. And so I would remember, you know, yeah, okay, in that store I stole a pair of headphones. They were expensive. And the Lord reminded me of it, and I said, oh, fantastic. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me of stealing. And it was like the Lord said, oh, I, I'm forgiving you, but you're going to go make it right. So I realized I had to go to the store and see the manager 
and tell him I was there to pay for the headphones. And so I began to go store by store because this didn't happen just once to me. And I was it was so humiliating, and I didn't know if he was going to call the cops. And But I wasn't worried about that one as much. It was just having to go do it, open the door of that store and ask to see the manager and then tell him what I'd done and tell him that the Lord had saved me and I wanted to really clean up my path and then to deal with whatever it was he said. Because some of them, you know, they took the money. Others of them said, oh, it's okay. You know, I'm happy for your change of life. And then a few of them just got, like this one guy in particular, he just looked horrified. You know, it's like it scared him that that's why I was there. But, you know, in the end, it wasn't about them. It was about me. I had to get right with God. And I had to seriously get right with God. And, you know, it's been really important because since that day, the Lord has uh, allowed money to come through my hands. And people have trusted me with large sums of money that I would do the right thing with that money. And so if the Lord was going to trust me with money, he had to make sure that I would humble myself and get honest and get clean about things related to material things. So, you know, we get, we have to repent. If we're going to know the truth, we have to walk in the truth. And it worked. When John preached that, those who had a sincere heart who wanted to change came out to him. And he, he didn't stay in town. He actually went a long way out of town. It's a hard road because I've been on this road where he was. And, you know, people had to make a real effort to get out to John. But that's where he was, and the people came. And uh, because repentance is an important message, and it really does set us free. So maybe today it would be a good time for you to sit down quietly with a blank sheet of paper and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there anything from my past life that I have left unfixed? You know, I, It's a mess that I didn't clean up. There's somebody I need to apologize to. And I've never talked to them uh, out of embarrassment. So you pray about that. And whatever the Lord tells you, my friend, you do it. Because that's a, it's an important part of God's purification in your life. So that you'll be right with him. And also so that you're, you'll, uh, you'll have the right heart. So he can use you. Because he's got a calling on you. And he's got a mission for you. Let's go to it. Thread.